Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a lot of fun things to talk about today on the water cooler with Black Lives Now. Tonight, we are joined by four young men who are going to provide their perspective on just some different topics going on in America. So you've got me, Angelique Escobar, one of the uh, the vice president for Black Lives Now. And then we've also got Cameron Escobar, who's 14, Isaiah Myrtle, who's 13. We've also got Omar McNeil, who's 13, about to be 14. And then we've also got Jordan McDole, who is 13, I believe. <laughs> so you guys want to just give a quick hello? Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Good day. <laughs> so again, we're so excited to have you guys on here. And um, again, we really want to just get your perspective on some of the things that's going on in America. So we're just going to kind of just toss out what are, what are some feelings that you guys have about just different things that you see on the media or even social media right now regarding like police brutality and um, how America views black young men. Well, I'll be I'll be honest. Uh, this is me, Cameron. I find it kind of heartbreaking to see what's been going on in America. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, when you grow up here, you're always taught that America is like this jolly free land that's where like everyone's treated equally and there's almost no problems here. But but now with everything going on, like I like I'm now starting to see the real perspective of the United States and. And on how there really is barely any equality whatsoever. Uh, my name is Isaiah, and going off of what Cam Cameron said, I feel the same way about how this country is supposed to be a free state, and that we're supposed to have our equality, and we're supposed to be doing the things that we're entitled to do. But now it feels like we're not even safe to walk down the street anymore. Well, I mean, I I agree with what what Cameron's saying, but I don't feel I don't feel any worry when I'm walking down the street. I don't feel like, oh, I hope no some white guy comes around, beats me up or harasses me or anything. So I I guess I, I don't I haven't really experienced it. Well, you know, uh, continue. Go ahead, Jordan. Uh, I was just saying for me is I have always kind of known that America is not always the best of places. And I mean, not the best of places, not, not a good place whatsoever. But, but aside from that, it's, when it comes to police brutality, it feels like that should be the last thing the police should ever be doing, ever. The police are supposed to be there to help us make us feel safe feel protected to enforce the law. And when they're using their and their power and their authority to do something that's unjust, it's like killing and getting away with it so they could have opportunity to do it again. It's kind of fear invoking when you really think about it deeply. So, Jordan, you mentioned something really interesting. You you said that you feel like police shouldn't be able to, you know, basically use their, their authority and power. 
do you all, and I'll, I'll throw this out to the full group. Do you guys feel like that's all police, some police? Like, what are your What are your thoughts on on the police in general? Well, I do. I well, this is Cameron speaking. I do still think that the police are here to protect and serve, but I do feel like that that in every batch, there's always going to be one that kind of abuses their power in the wrong way. Uh, and it, and it's kind, and I know it's kind of, I know it kind of feels like there's uh, there's going to be a lot, but that's just the world we live in right now. There's always going to be bad people. Uh, well, I think it's, I think it's just a small handful of cops who who use their power that way. I feel like most cops are actually nice and. Like people, cops that come to my school sometimes just to talk to us about certain things, and I feel like the cops are actually nice and they actually get to understand us a lot more. But some cops they don't want to hear our opinion and our voice; they want to just do what they want to do. For me, most cops are genuinely nice and are do protect the law. It's just the minority, even if it is a small group, a, a minority of people can really do a lot especially with power it just kind of unsettling that's all it is really but a lot of police are hard working and doing what they're supposed to be doing but there's just that small population that are doing worse in the world taking lives taking people from other uh, people from their families and all that stuff what kind of feeling does it give you all when you do see that there is potentially a small number or maybe a minority group of officers who have these ill feelings or, you know, inappropriate behaviors and actions, but then you don't always see other officers calling them out for that behavior? Um, well, while it's not too unsettling, it is a bit disturbing to know that that with all this happening, it, they easily the same thing could happen to me or anybody I know, or at least or at least anybody I know of color. I mean, actually, it could happen to anybody, really. It's it's not it's not necessarily about the race. It's more about the abusement. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like the cops should stand up. Like other cops should stand up for the people that are doing it because they're supposed to be our protectors and the people that we look up to and we know that we're protected in this country but sometimes it feels like i'm not always protected and the other cops are going along with it because they don't want to tell the like the authorities about what's happening yeah it's like having a best friend for years of your life maybe even before that and then and then all of a sudden they, they just stab you in the back so you feel like you always looked up to officers and now you feel like you can't trust them anymore? Exactly. Well, while some, there are some that can be trusted, you can never truly know what they're really like. Or, or as they say, there's more than meets the eye. So that's, a, you know, and that's definitely good points that you guys are making because you don't want, you don't want to judge the whole group by just a few, you know, obviously there's always going to be bad apples in any bunch. Um, but I think you made a really good point that, you know, they're your protectors at the end of the day, they are designed to protect and serve and that protecting and serving shouldn't be of their own, you know, fellow officers or the brotherhood as they sometimes call themselves. 
the protection should be of the citizen. Omar and Jordan, did you guys want to add anything else to this? Uh, yes. To me, it's just really sad because, like you said, there's always bad athletes. But it's like this for everything. It's everything in the world almost repeats. So it's still just sad in general that even the police force isn't safe from those people who are scared to um, talk about it or something like that and, and thinking they might lose their job or not be able to provide a brutality against and not be able to provide for their family because they won't speak up for unjust things. And it's the same thing with everything, not just police officers. You know, you know, I like what Jordan said, all right? All right, because, you know, they say that people who don't learn history are doomed to make their mistakes. But what's, well, with what's going on right now, I think that quote's being proven wrong. Why do you say that? Because police brutality has been something that's been going on for a long time and has even been solved for some, for some times or in some places. And people have, and people know this. Yet somehow it keeps repeating itself. Same thing going with a lot of plagues. I mean, I mean, like with the coronavirus, a lot of people, while most of my most of the population is taking social distancing and wearing masks and stuff like that, but there are still some who who kind of who are kind of ignorant to these to these discoveries and to these precautions that they must take. And this happens almost every time. But I think you, I think you actually, it's proven itself to be true. The statement that you mentioned about history repeating itself, because for a long time, you know, a lot of people have said, Oh, police brutality is not the same. There's still even officers right now that feel like there's no such thing as uh, racial profiling because I can't see who's in that car. But, at the end of the day, you can see what type of car it is. And if there's a certain race or group that has a tendency to purchase that car, then you are going to, it's just, it's a bias. All, all humans have biases, whether they want to admit it or not, your, your brain is going to be strategically filtering out information and helping you to, you know, quickly, you know, more quickly get to conclusions so if your brain sees the same type of vehicle and it's more than likely has the same type of race in it, your brain is automatically going to say there's more than likely that same type of race in that car that I see up there. And so then therefore becomes racial profi profiling. I want to add on about the racial profiling because I feel like when cops look at us or color of race, like colored people, they automatically think that we're suspicious in some way. And they think we're doing something that we're not supposed to, even though we're just trying to live our life and do something right. Why do you think that is? Well, because for a long time now, it, racism just, it keeps coming and it probably won't, won't ever stop because that's just in their blood. And they honestly, because I guess black people have a more tendency to commit more crimes and it's just what it looks like in the stats, statistics and stuff. So I think since cops think that black um, black people have a tend more tendency to commit crimes, they automatically think that every black person can always commits crimes. Well, that's not exactly true. Are 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 not the what's going on? Black people don't necessarily do more than than, than the amount that white people do. Are 
But the reason why a lot of people think that Black people are more more likely to commit crimes is, is because of a certain a certain picture drawn in the 1800s to depict Black people when um when they were finally freed. Yeah, so I think what you're referring to is when when Black people became free um, for for a small period of time, they were able to kind of go on about their business. But as Black people started to gain rights in this country, um, you started to see more more terrorization of the race to keep the Black race down. And that was in terms of, you know, over-policing in those communities. You would see harsher sentences for petty crimes, or you'd see, you know, a Black person getting taken in for a crime that a white person did, but the community would band together and say, no, this person did it. And so then you start having all of these, to your point, you know, drawings and movie depictions of, you know, Black people and and fear-mongering, where now the white person is afraid of the Black person for no reason. and so unfortunately, all of that continued to snowball and, and create just, again, all these biases in people's mind and then prejudice in, in their heart. So, yeah, you, you guys have you've mentioned a lot of good things. Jordan or Omar, would either of you like to chime in on this one? Uh, I don't really have anything to add. You said it all. Just like Omar said, he said it all. Yeah. Omar, when you think of um, some of the police shootings, what which one comes to mind the most, or which would you say is the most uh, shocking to you? Like a, a specific shooting at a certain place? Yeah, so if you think of a police shooting that occurred recently, which one comes to mind for you? Uh, I can't really, I don't, I don't really know. But I remember, I think it was a couple of days ago. Well, the actual incident didn't happen a couple of days ago. But the one I remember is some black, some black guy was in his home sleeping. And these police officers went into the wrong home illegally. And they, and when the black man started shooting to protect himself, automatically the cops killed him. Was that the one where Breonna Taylor was killed or was that where was the gentleman actually killed himself? Uh, the man was killed. And how did it make you feel to see that story? Uh, I was, I was surprised. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, and I don't think the cops got in trouble either. Oh, uh, I, I felt I didn't, I didn't feel so upset. I, I, I mean, wait. <laughs> so when he died, when they, when he didn't get caught for killing the innocent man, I was like, well, you know, okay, that, that is injustice right there. But I didn't, I didn't feel upset or, or sad or anything like that. I was just shocked. Yeah. Well, what about you guys? I'll throw it out to the group. Have you guys heard about any police-involved shootings or police-involved incidents that come to mind? Well, the George Floyd one comes to mind the most because 
because the footage of seeing the police just kneel on his neck, it, it's just stuck with me. And and that that's just, it's just wrong on what, on how they did. I mean, I mean, if you're going to kill a black guy and at, at least don't make it painful. I mean, I was just, it's just worse than torture what they did to him. Yeah. Like it's worse. It's worse than the cross, or it's worse than being hung. Because at least those, it, it it won't take forever, or or you, or you you won't be able to beg. The one that comes up for me is I think it was a fourteen-year-old boy. He was eating food and he was walking down the street, and I guess the cop thought he was somebody else, and they just shot shot and killed him, and they didn't even get to talk to him or ask him for any information. They just shot and killed him on the spot. And th this one really hit me because I know I'm around that age group. And now I feel threatened. And this is what makes me uncomfortable to walk on the streets alone. So that's why I feel like I need a guardian or someone higher than, like, higher in age than me to be around. Yeah, I, I agree with what he's saying. And, like, and like, I, like, I'm also around that age, actually the exact same age. And I mean, like, I mean, like, for me, I'm at more risk. You may not know this, but I'm very tall. I've, I've been mistaken for adults sometimes. And with this, I feel I feel as if that that, eight, that 14 or not, I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at a huge risk for the cops because they may think I'm a criminal or something. I don't remember the guy's name. Well, actually, I didn't get the guy's name, but... I remember my aunt telling me about this incident maybe a few months ago, and she told me that there was a guy, he was eating ice cream in his apartment, regularly eating ice cream. He wasn't doing anything, he wasn't making any loud noise, and a cop coming home um, from their duty or whatever, they went to the wrong apartment, and they knocked on it, and they they would police do, they told him to put his hands up and they, and he probably like put down his ice cream or his spoon or something and they just shot him because she thought it was her um, or he, I forgot what the police gender was, but they were like, I thought this was my house, even though they didn't check and they basically just shot this black man. No, I remember. Yes. About you, Jordan. They assumed that he was breaking in and trying to steal something. Yeah, I remember that one. That one, that one was really, that was really heartbreaking because, like you said, he wasn't doing anything besides eating ice cream. I don't think there's a threatening manner in which you can eat ice cream, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like he's just eating ice cream, and I've heard the story too. And then he, and then not only did he mistake his own apartment, but he also shot the man. Uh, his mistake costed the life, the life of someone else. And you know, it's just like, like, like I think that one is. I wouldn't say worse, but in, but like in like some of the worst of them. So, what do you guys think? How do we, how do we move forward? What can, what can the officers or even the police association do? to help make you feel safe in America? Well, unfortunately, I don't think there's really too much we can do because 
because you can never really understand a true person. Everybody has their secrets and and some of them may not ever be obvious. But what I think is that is that when hiring cops are are what what they should do is that they should not only look into their criminal criminal or background history of anything, but all, but also get to but also talk with some of their friends or relatives so that they can get a better understanding of the person uh, at hand. So, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, they may they may be hiring people with like no criminal record, with good financial, good financial, uh, so good financial tendency. But for all we know, for all we know, they they could secretly they could secretly be. A, a racial hater, and and something like criminal history or financial history can't tell you that, but, re- but relatives and friends can. Honestly, I think it should be a little bit harder to become a cop because on a video I saw that you need less training hours to become a cop than you do them to be a barber. So you have a less weapon of using a gun than to just cut hair. And it doesn't make sense to me because then then they're just letting anybody, like anybody in the world just to become a cop. It could be a random person who's ready to kill people and start a massacre, but they're just going to let them be a cop. Yeah, that's a good point. What about you guys? What, what can officers do to help mend this and make it right or at least help start to push the relationships in the right direction? I'm thinking that I'm thinking there's except for the training hours because the fact the fact that you need more hours to cut hair than to hold a gun makes no sense. I agree with the training hours, but then again, at the end of the day, you can't they can't really make amends because there's always going to be some racist cop out there shooting whoever they want to. Even then, and also they could hide it from their families. They could be on them by themselves and not everyone has family. So they wouldn't always be able to check that. Yeah, that's true. For me, all I can really think about is for one, the stricter training and maybe even to like get people more to trust them. You maybe like video footage that training too of them going over like multiple subjects and also to actually give the people who are shooting all these black men and women, these people um, harsher punishments, um, punishments that a murderer should get, you know? That's, that's all I can really think about. Yeah, so you think that definitely having more, um, having stricter uh, punishments is going to definitely be a deterrent? Yeah. Like, I think it will definitely do something. It'll, it'll base, it'll probably change a lot of other police officers who were probably thinking that or just generally generally like that and it would kind of help more people to um 
trust more cops because I don't, I don't think right now people are trusting them as much as we should be able to trust the, the cops and stuff, the police force. So what do y'all think about when they, you know, they talk about black on black crime and, and that's why it's hard to trust black people is because they're committing crimes or they're always shooting each other. What do you think? What do you say to that statement? Well, because because of black on black violence, I I used to think anyone who had braids or, or dreads, I assume, well, they must be a bad person. I mean, gangs just the the bias was built up in my head and any anyone who wears braids anyone who sags anyone who does who just doesn't look up up to date like in school if there's kids wearing sweatpants and some regular <laughs> some regular plain shirt i'm thinking you know they're not they're not that trustworthy I, i'm not sure about that you know so and all that also needs to stop that's probably that's probably another factor in uh why they're assuming if you're black well you probably committed a crime right there because just on the news yesterday i saw a whole gang come up on the corner and shoot the shoot the store manager and robbed it you know yeah i mean, I mean that's a point i mean you really you really pointed out something important which is that these biases and, and stereotypes don't, they don't just affect the officers who are policing our communities or the other people of other races that, you know, hear these stereotypes, you know, they create def definitely stereotypes within our own community and um, definitely can make you more fearful of your own, your own fellow kind. And it doesn't mean that if they don't have braids or, if they do have braids, that they're going to be one way or another, because as Cameron mentioned earlier, it's really about getting to know the person and finding out about who they are. Uh, but but definitely knowing that we have these stereotypes that run around can make it hard to trust even within your own community or or even want to express yourself. Maybe one of you wants to grow dreads one day, and you now have to think twice about it. Oh, and you guys can't see it, but they're making a face over here, like no, no dreads over here. <laughs> Although, although you know, I will admit, Jordan didn't didn't make a lot of good points, and I mean, like, with the black and black violence. Oh, sorry. In the with, with the black on black violence, when, when white people see that, what they're gonna think is that, oh man, if they're that bad to each other, they're gonna be a lot worse with us, and they think that because that's the same way they are, when in reality. And sometimes it may be that, but other times it, it may not just be the case. And with that, they're, they're kind of being hypocrites when saying that, when saying that, oh, because, because of how bad they are with each other, they could be a lot worse with us. And, you know, I, I understand how they could assume that, but, but you don't just assume things like that. I mean, you don't even know what's going on there. Have any of you felt like you've been racially profiled or have you ever been, um, you know, discriminated against? Um, not really ever. I mean, the only time I've ever really been discriminated was like in second grade for being like super tall. But other than that, never racially profiled. I mean, like, I mean, where I go to school, there's almost none or, or 
or any r- racial profile. Like, like almost everyone gets along, but unfortunately, outside of there, it's a it's not always like that. And I like the point that Cam made about how nothing really happens at schools because schools are trying to teach the kids that what cops are doing is not right because kids usually look up to cops and they be and they're usually like, I want to be like them. I want to be a cop as well and help people. But they're trying to teach the kids that what cops are doing now is not okay. And you can't look at someone and judge a book by its cover. How do you all think you would handle being racially profiled? Or or I guess a better question is, what do you think would be a sign for you to know that you've been racially profiled? Maybe maybe if they said, oh, I'm sorry, you can go. You're good, Omar. You can. All right. Uh, maybe a certain word or a certain question, like, uh, <laughs> I can't think of one. But you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Yeah, we know. Maybe if they call you out your name or what they call you by that word. Oh that yeah, word. that word. <laughs> that word. That's that's a it's a touchy word, right? Yeah. For me, it it's really their reactions or expressions. Like for example, if someone's getting racial profiling, like not hardcore racial profiling, like slight racial profiling. For example, for me, um, people always reacted like, wow, you don't play football or anything like that? You don't play sports? Because my tall, I'm tall and I'm black, all that stuff or whatever. And they also, some of them expect me not to be as well-mannered or as smart as I am when I actually talk. And you can see it on their faces or even how they react. They're like, wow, I didn't expect that. Okay. Uh, I I know what you're talking about when they don't they don't expect you to be as mannerable as any other person. Yeah. Yeah. I like the point that Jordan made about the stereotypes and how they think most black people are supposed to play basketball or football or something. And then when we write something or like make a story and it sounds really well made. They're like, I didn't know a black person could make something like this. I thought they could only use like slang and stuff like that. So I really like the points that Jordan made. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I agree with what both of them said. I mean, like, I mean, like those never happened to me. I have experienced it firsthand with seeing people kind of treated like, treated like, oh, you're a lot smarter than I thought. And it's just like, wow, that's just so mean. I mean, I mean, th- though this isn't the same with black. I mean, I, I mean, I once saw some, saw some. I don't know if they're Chinese or Asian or Korean. Is something, something of that. And uh, what's going? They're being made fun of because because they weren't exactly as smart as the stereotype, as the stereotype depicts them as. So earlier, you all mentioned the N word. What what's your stance on that? Um, as you know, there's kind of a, a generational divide amongst those who choose to use the word in a more casual word, in a casual way. And then you have those who, oh, they strictly won't use it because it's offensive and they don't feel like it has a place in our culture. What do you guys think about the N-word? I don't think anyone of any race or age, doesn't matter, 
I don't think anyone should use that word at all, even if That's they're using it. I honestly think that the N-word, while the word itself isn't bad, it's how it's used. I mean, like, like for the for the people that use it sort of like in a joking manner or just like as like a nickname for each other, I can understand that. I mean, like, I mean, like, it, like it's really just how you take it in. Like, like, like you could call someone the worst of names, but... But depending on who you say it to, may de- may depend on how they de- on how they react to it. I mean, I-, I honestly don't really care if someone calls me that because because it just doesn't have much of an effect on me. I mean, like, it's oh, just, well, I, it's I, just I a word. Like, if someone called me, if some white guy called me the N word, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be upset. But for me, it's it's not the context of how you use it. It's more of the origin of the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I like, what, like, you shouldn't really be saying it anyway. Well, what's a good example of a time you should use it? There, there's no times you should use it at all. Like, I, I can see people calling each other, um, calling each other and it being okay with certain people, but I just don't think it's okay to use that word at all, no matter who you are. It's just something good. Yeah, I liked what Omar said though, about the origin of the word because people use it in a joking manner, but the thing is the origin of the word and how they used it to call slaves and stuff like that. And it is really it's a really disrespectful word and when people yell it out to people like black people in the crowds or just people like in a football stadium or something it just it is very disrespectful and i don't know how people can find it even amusing you know i i agree with what they said i mean like i mean like the origin of the word has gotten back very far and and where it originates is where it hurts most Absolutely. So, if you got called the N-word, how do you think you would react? I wouldn't get too upset, but also wouldn't just ignore it. Like, it depends who's using it. I mean, like, if it's if it's a friend saying it in, like, a joking manner, I, I can kind of understand that. Cause I mean, like I know them, like, like depending on who they are, I might know if if they're like really not like that. But if it's just like some stranger, then then we'd have to have a talk about that. Cause that's just, it's very disrespectful, and and at the end of the day, it's just plain wrong. Like, like I mean, like, I mean, like I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of people of color at my school come up with a nickname for come up with a nickname for the white people called calling them crackers and I don't think that's right either I don't think anybody should be called a certain name or or a certain word of of disrespect I just think we should all just find a way to get along if you can't get along go somewhere else yeah I agree with Cam said though because people think okay we can't say the n-word but we can call but they can't say the n-word to me but I can say something back to them in return. And 
if they can't say something to you, what makes it right to, for you to call them something else? And it's a really detrimental to the community, just like you, you it's, it's being really hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Good point. Like, I'm not, like, like, I see what he's saying. Like, like, though, like, though they're in the wrong, us calling them something back is, isn't in the right, too. Yeah. Two wrongs don't make a right. So how do we move forward from here, guys, as a country and as a people? How do we, one, move move ourselves to a, a position where we can be comfortable with the police officers, um, but two, also get further ahead as a culture and a race? I think what we can do is police officers need to get to know our community a lot more and understand that not everybody in our community is a bad person. And most people in our community are actually nicer than what the the cops seem to make them look like. And I feel like if we did this, we would get farther in our community and our communities would be more equal and we we wouldn't be stereotyped as we are right now. You know, I agree with what Zay said. I mean, like, for the whole word issue, I think instead of having a word of disrespect that we could either use for that purpose or for a joking manner, I think we should find some kind of universal word that we can all say to each other that we'll all be fine with, but one that also doesn't have the specific origin of of disrespect. Okay. I just don't think you should be calling anybody names at all. Because if I'm just going to answer two questions. The first one, if someone called me the N-word, if, if it was my friend, uh, I would just tell them that's not okay. You don't say that to me ever again. And two, if it was a stranger, I would, I don't know what I would do. It's, I'd probably give them a strange look depending who they are there might something else happen if they continue saying it. And also how do we move forward as a country as a whole? The only thing I can think about right now is to basically keep protesting because even if something bad else happens from the protesting, that's really one of the only peaceful protesting. Let me, let me clarify that. It's really the only way we're gonna get change. It's, one of the only ways um, history has gotten changed too. So that's what I'm saying. Good ads, Jordan. You, and you actually brought up something that I, I meant to ask you guys earlier, but what, what do you guys feel about the peaceful protesting? Because, you know, obviously we know there are protests that do turn violent um, and whether that be by the actual protesters themselves or by someone who's in the crowd provoking these protests or these violent these violent incidents on purpose. Or it could even be just folks out there for their own personal gain. They see a protest and they say, I need some new shoes. Let me go out and break this window. How do you, what, what do you guys feel about the protests and the peaceful protesting? Okay, here's the thing. It's not a peaceful protest if you start to riot and break into buildings and light buildings on fire. That's not a peaceful protest. You are breaking the law if you do that. 
peaceful protesting is speaking what's on your mind because we have the freedom of speech and we have the right to protest. So exactly. if you're saying you're peacefully protesting, but you're lighting buildings on fire and you're breaking in and stealing things, you are in the wrong and you are going to get arrested. No, I agree. I agree with that. And that's sort of the people who are um, breaking and stuff, rioting, all in the name of Black Lives Matter. That's what are you trying to prove? That's almost as equal as terrorism. You're terrorizing the city while these other people are trying to voice their opinion peacefully to actually get some change that will have a good effect on their country and the views on people. The more you write and stuff, the more a native into um, the more what's called, the more people will look badly and down at you, reversing what you're actually trying to achieve. And people get mixed and people will start treating the peaceful protesters like the people who are writing. And so that's how people are getting pepper sprayed, five year old little girls who are just holding up signs and not doing anything, just getting pepper sprayed because of the other people who are writing, breaking in, and then running. You know, I agree with what Jordan said. I mean, like, I mean, like when you say you're a peaceful protest, but but then but then when someone who's against you gets in your way and you push them down, you then you then kind of spray paint over the side, peaceful and right violent. Like, and like, honestly, I don't see the the point in protests whatsoever. I mean, like, protests and boycotts. I mean, they're good ideas and they have worked before. But I feel as if there's better ideas because, like, for those you're trying to talk to, they 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 usually all don't care about like how you feel. All right, the truth is they really only care about like the business or or the or the economical side of it. So how would you stop if, if protesting is not a good idea? How would you get the attention of the lawmakers or those of influence? Well, what I would do is like, like if you can't beat them, join them. Cause like, cause like when you do the violent, the violent protest, you're only proving that you're just as bad. What you should do is like say, like say if someone made a law that that all black people should be treated unequally, instead of trying to protest or trying to or trying to I don't know right, what you should do is try and dismantle it from the inside. Like like I I don't think this will be all too relevant, but 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 a quote from the Saw movies is, in order to dismantle a machine, you must first understand what a wonderful contraption it is. Hmm. So basically infiltrate it and, and basically change it from within. Yeah. Yeah, I want to add on to what Cam said, and I like what he said because it shows that we're looking as, we're looked at as something that we're not, and we need to prove to the people that we are not what they look at us as. If that yeah, makes sense. exactly. Oh, uh, Jordan or Omar, would either of you like to add anything onto that? Uh, from, from what I just heard from my mother, who's right next to me, <laughs> um, my, she said that 
people, there are some people who purposefully send people to go riot in the protesting to make the other people look bad. And I also wanted to add the fact that not, and it's not just black people rioting and stuff, it's white people too who are doing it in the quote unquote name of Black Lives Matter who are just making it worse. And yeah, that's, that's all I really want to say. Yeah, I really, I really like uh, Cameron's Cameron's idea, dismantle it from within. Because uh, what Jordan just said just changed my mind about the the protesting. Because if there's people going in and already making you look bad, and now you're gonna get pepper sprayed for holding a sign, well, it seems like protesting is not working. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, Jordan's mom is absolutely correct. You know, while you know, protests do initially start out peaceful and some, and, and oftentimes it, they do stay peaceful. Um, there are, antag they're called antagonizers that are either paid or they have their own agenda and they come out and they strategically dismantle protests by means of inciting violence or creating a riot. So yeah, your, your mom is absolutely correct, Jordan. And unfortunately it is a casualty of protesting. And you know, and you know what? What my mom said does does make a point. I mean, like it shows that they had the same idea. Like, like from their standpoint, that like from their standpoint, they kind of have to create get some of the same ideas. Yeah. Well, guys, you know we've really had a lot of great discussions, and I want to turn the mic over to my the president of Black Lives Now, Melody to kind of wrap us up with some thoughts. Thank you so much, Angel. And I just want to thank you guys for being part of this. I have had such a pleasure listening to all of you and hearing what you have to say. And I hope that all of you um, get to be on another podcast with us because you're all extremely smart and um, so awesome to listen to. So I want to leave you with five things, just your last final thoughts. I'm going to give you one word, and each of you can take a few minutes to just say what that word means to you. The first thing that comes out of your mind when you hear this word, okay? I'm going to start off with Omar. What's the first thing when I say race? Your ethnicity. Your ethnicity. Okay. And Jordan? Where you come from. Where you come from. How about you, Cam? The, the difference between you and the others. I'm sorry. I can barely hear you. Sorry. The difference between you and the others. Okay. Your culture. Your culture. Awesome. And the next one is equality we're gonna go in the same order go ahead Omar if you can get closer to your microphone um, the same the same treatment the same treatment okay you said equality right? yes where when I think of oh, well, what I think about when I do equality is something that we should all have and what we all deserve. That's a good one. Go ahead, Cam. The fact that none of us are are worth more than the other. 
the fact that we should all be treated the same and with the same respect. Absolutely. Okay, and the next one is elections. Go ahead, Omar. Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Politics that I don't understand. What was that, Jordan? Politics that I don't understand. Okay. It's like picking an apple out of a out of a basket. People just going crazy over the election. That's true. Okay, the next one is gender. What you think you are. What you are, I guess. Mhm. The biggest difference in a body. Okay. What you believe that you are and what you think you should be. All right, awesome. And the last one is ally. Uh, 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 um, white people. Trustworthy people. Someone you can trust your life with. Someone that is trustworthy and friendly to you. I think that's really important that you guys said that because ally means that there's a lot of responsibility. To be an ally, you have to be trustworthy and someone that can stand up and be there for someone who is not able to stand up for themselves without being hurt or discriminated against or held down or persecuted. So I just want to thank you guys. That's all super interesting. And um, this podcast has been incredible. And uh, you guys have all done an excellent job. So thank you so much. Yeah, you guys really have, you know, shed a lot of light on how you all feel as young black men in America going through a lot of the turbulent times that we are currently facing. And, you know, I want to leave you guys with words of encouragement that at the end of the day, you know, although race is an issue in America, you can go as far as you feel you can go. Only you can open the doors that are closed. Only you can walk through them. And only you can write your own path where there might be adversaries and where there might be obstacles. You can create your own pathways to where you feel like you should be as a young black man and then eventually an adult in America or wherever, even if America ends up not being your home place for the rest of your lives. Just remember that you write your own tickets, you're in control and you can do amazing things. So with that being said, Jordan, Omar, Isaiah and Cam, we're so glad to have had you on here on the water cooler with Black Lives Now. And I'm Angelique Escobar and have a great night guys. Thank you.